0: Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Constructed Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we are going to discuss recent comic book news, previews, and leaked photos. We're going to discuss the Hill House imprint um, by DC Comics. We're also going to discuss the preview pages that just came out uh, for Curse of the White Knight and some of the leaked photos from the... Black Widow movie that may or may not feature the Taskmaster. This is Matt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Noah. Hey there. Hey, Noah. So why don't you uh, start us off with uh, some of your thoughts about these, these Hill House imprint books, and then we'll we'll go a little bit deeper into some of these
1: titles. I think they sound really cool, really awesome, and almost too good to be true. I can't see this lasting again, like, you know, just because every seems like every endeavor that they they bring on yeah just doesn't last very long like it's only a matter of time before black label just becomes a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are cancelling the vertigo label for now to put this out there is also a bad thing, but like I think this itself is like uh you know is something pretty awesome, and I hope it lasts, but like it's still again too good to be true and too good to. Probably sustain itself um, within the black label, but I'm really looking forward to it. Especially like the the basket, a uh, basket full of heads. I'm really excited to read that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, all of it looks really good. Um, White Knight. I'm I'm gonna read that probably because I, I love Sean Murphy. He's just he's a great artist. Uh, looks a little rough from these pages, but I'm sure there'll be some spectacular. Artwork in there, at least what he's shown on Instagram and Twitter is pretty amazing. Some of the interiors for that book. Um, then uh, I'm excited for Black Widow. Excited to see what a a new female director will bring to the MCU about a character that I've always had an interest in just because uh, she just seems like a character with a lot of potential within the MCU that's just never really been explored. She's just always a background character. I'm really excited to see her be in the forefront. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very true. Yeah, so um, leading off, we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit deeper into these Hill House books. Uh, these are these books are going to be written and sort of overseen by Joe Hill, who is the the son of Stephen King. Um, so that should hopefully help. Um, with the book reading public, uh, folks that are in the prose work. Um, you know, Joe Hill has got a couple of horror novels. He's got a uh, TV show on AMC right now uh, based off of based off one of his books, uh, Nosferatu. Um, uh, so that should certainly help. Um, uh, are you familiar with any of uh, Joe Hill's uh, novels or, or comics work?
1: I've read uh, I think probably the first issue of Lock and Key which I really liked and I've been meaning to pick up some trades of that lately. Um mm-hmm. uh, that's probably what I know him most from and uh but no other than that I'm not very familiar with his work. I've like I said all I've heard is just great things about Lock and Key more than anything. But uh what what's your what's your history with Joe Hill?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm a, a huge Stephen King fan, um, so I've read most of Joe Hill's uh, novels, and I have read all of uh, Lock and Key, um, and I really, I really like Lock and Key, um, and I, some of Joe Hill's novels are, are uh, a little hit and miss for me. Um, his first one, Heart Shaped Box, was, was one I enjoyed. Oh, out. that was
1: him? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a big deal.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, basically like an aging rock star um, bought somebody's soul like, like off of like an eBay service and then, you know, terrible things happened afterwards. So, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. I remember when that one came out, that was a big deal. That book was huge. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so that was um, part of the time when, like, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but he's, he was trying to shy away from, from his father's name by being, uh, you know, using the pen name of Joe Hill, but uh, that didn't last very, very long. Uh, you know, some of the papers, uh, you know, reviews of the story um, brought up the fact that he was, he was Stephen King's son, so.
1: Of course, um, it's just unavoidable. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to these books. Uh, one, because I like Joe Hill. Um, and two, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of horror books like out there. I mean, you, yeah. we Lock and Key I think is, is coming back. I think I've seen some, some Twitter images from um, Gabriel Rodriguez, who was the, the artist uh, on Lock and Key. So, and we might get some, some announcements at uh, San Diego. Um, but there's no, there's not really like a horror imprint. So now, now, now we have a horror imprint, um, you know. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. So uh, up here, I've, I've uh, put up covers for, for two of the, uh, two of the books. We have, uh, as you said, a head full of baskets. This one's going to be um, written by Joe Hill. Um, and it's going to be illustrated by, Leo Max, um, I'm not familiar with with Leo Max as an artist. Have you? Do you do you know who this Leo Max is? I do not. Yeah. Well, hopefully soon we get some uh, some looks at some uh, interior pages uh, the, to see. Um, and we're not. Also, we also uh, we don't have a lot of the 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 premise of this book, at least from from my research.
1: I like, but how he pitches it as is that the premise of the book is where the axe, uh, there's an enchanted axe that if someone chops off, can chop off someone's head with with one swing of the axe. But then the heads remain alive. So each book, each story is told from the perspective of a different head. Oh, wow. I like about how they died. So he basically, he pitched it as a, a grindhouse Rashomon, which I was like, okay. I'm reading that. Like I was like, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, I think, I think that was a good, I like that elevator pitch where I'm like, yeah, I would totally read a book. That's Grindhouse, Rashaman Rashomon. Um, it sounds very like classic, uh, almost, uh, uh, what's that? Like asylum, like that anthology movie. And, um, I oh, was another one I'm trying to remember it just reminded me of classic anthology films, you know, like classic grindhouse anthology horror films.
0: Yeah. So, that's that yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't read far enough to, to find out that premise, but that, that, that definitely does sound cool. Um, yeah. One of the other books is uh, what is this? Daphne Byrne. Um, Daphne this is going to be written, written by Laura Marks and colored by, by Kelly Jones, who is, uh, you know, a longtime uh, Batman artist. So, um were you able to to research what this uh what this title was about
1: i i did they they have a brief description of uh daphne hill on here let me find it uh sorry not daphne um daphne burn i mean yeah um yeah they have a brief one it wasn't one that stuck out to me as much as uh some of the other ones uh like uh uh the low low woods and uh Um, the plunge, uh, those, those were the ones that kind of stuck out to me along with basket full of heads. Um, let me find the description here really quick. Uh, they may not have had one actually. Sea dogs is another one that sounded really cool. Um, trying to find it.
0: All right. Well, actually,
1: yeah, we can come back to it maybe when I find it.
0: Yeah. Let's, um, yeah. Let's since you 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 mentioned Lolo Woods, you wanna do you wanna talk about uh talk about that one?
1: Yeah, that one's gonna be cool because that one is uh is set in um is the is the comics debut of um uh of a what's her name?
0: Um the 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 looks like are you talking about uh the writer?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: uh, Carmine Maria Machado. Um,
1: yeah, she uh, she's coming over from TV work. So this okay. is her comics debut. She's worked with Joe Hill on, I think, some of the TV shows that he's worked on. So this is going to be a big deal for her. Um, it's a story about a Pennsylvania mining town afflicted by a mysterious plague that eats memories. Oh wow! Uh, I just like I like that you know where it's sort of maybe something a little more. I like the more uh, supernatural stuff that sort of exists on a non-earthly plane, I guess, or the threat is on a non-earthly plane. So memories being something more about mind, and I'm just interested to see what the what the visuals are going to be with that show, with that with this comic. And uh, in the same paragraph, they do talk about Daphne Byrne. Okay. Um. So. So this one. uh, this one is about uh, set in the Gaslit, eighteen hundreds New York, where the titular girl discovers a strange, insidious entity within her body. So this is a possession story, basically. Okay. Um, I think also written by, um, uh, you know, this is written by Marks as well. Yeah, um, Marks, who's worked on TV. So I got that mixed up. I got that mistaken. So Mikado actually has. Uh, she's a, she's just an author. She comes from prose. She mostly has done uh, short stories, is what I'm reading here. Mm-hmm. So Mikado, who wrote uh, Lolo Woods, um, she's yeah, she's from prose. But Marks, who comes from TV, and has worked on and is working on the Netflix Lock and Key TV show. Okay, um, this is her comics debut with Daphne Byrne. So. Uh, Sounds like a cool possession story. Uh, that one probably didn't stick out to me just because I just sort of was like, okay, it's a possession story set in the 1800s. But I'm sure it'll be cool. I always like possession stories.
0: Yeah, and it seems like Hill is pulling in a lot of uh, collaborators he's had in, in other mediums uh, yeah. or people he's he's fans of in in mediums that he works in, like, like prose work, so...
1: That's cool of him to do that, to bring new talent to comics from other media. Mm-hmm. I like I like seeing that and I don't think that's done enough, you know. Um, especially when you think about some of the top names in Marvel and DC sort of came from other media. You know, Tom King sort of his end goal was always comics, but you know, he got his start in prose writing and uh uh Jerry Dugan got his start writing on TV and stuff like that. You know, it's uh it's cool to see talent being brought from other media
0: yeah what will be interesting um when i get a chance to to read some of these books i i I feel like maybe the transition from from a tv writer um that that uses probably uses storyboards um to to comics would be a a easier transition than somebody who who works in prose um that could be you know verbose and uh, very descriptive where in comics you sort of uh, have to be uh, more economical with, with your words. So th- th- that'll that be interesting to see.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, you could either be uh, someone like Joe Hill who has experience writing for both and knows the strengths of both, or you could be someone like Tani, Ta-Nehisi Cates who, uh, or Coates, I guess, Ta-Nehisi Coates who like didn't know how to translate prose to comics. It seemed like in his first endeavors in the comics realm you know
0: yeah and uh, as far as, far as yeah. Coates, um the uh, i i you if you look at the the black panther run uh compared to his his new
1: captain america run he's definitely um uh, figured some things out which is what i've heard yeah that his captain america is pretty great and i've read some of his captain america and i was really impressed with it i just picked up one issue one week and i read it and it was it was really good it was very brewbreaker. um in tone and pacing. So
0: I thought that was great. Yeah. The, and not to, not to, to belabor this point too much, but the, the, the Black Panther run um, was uh, a superhero comic that kind of wasn't written like a superhero comic where, where this Captain America is, is, is written like, like a superhero comic. So he's definitely, he's definitely finding his, uh, his stride, uh, with, with this run of Captain America. So, yeah. all right. So we have, uh, we have two more titles here, uh, to discuss. We have, uh, Plunge, which is, is written, written by, by Joe Hill. Um, and is this the one that, uh, the artist hasn't been announced on yet?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. But this yeah. one, he, he does not give in much, but he says it's, it's his chance to riff on one of the greatest horror films of all time, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is probably my favorite John Carpenter film, maybe up there with Alien for me as one of my favorite horror films. So Hill's just like, like, he's got me hooked already. I'm like, yep, you're good. That kind of thing. Like, it's like, I'll do it. Uh, but yeah, ba- Plunge concerns supernatural events in the frozen north, according to Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, this is about a research vessel that goes disappearing in the Arctic Circle and then reappears 40 years later, now just sending a distress signal. So a team of American researchers is sent to salvage the vessel, even as a wintry storm approaches. So, yeah. Uh, then, of course, they find an entity on board. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like there, he has an artist for this one yet. Um, yeah, then he has another one, uh, he says that he has another one, uh, that he hasn't announced yet for this, it seems like, um, so, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think the last one that they, they at least have a cover image of, and I don't know if there's much written about it, is the uh, the Dollhouse Family.
1: Yeah, the Dollhouse was actually one of the first ones that they mentioned in the Entertainment Weekly oh, okay. uh, article. Um, let me pull it up. Dollhouse Family. Uh, they'll be exploring the life of Alice, who was gifted a big, beautiful dollhouse as a child, filled with magical family of dolls. As she gets older, Alice returns to the dollhouse with unexpected results. So yeah. this is written by.
0: This is the Mike Carey uh, yeah. Peter Gross book. So. Yep. Now these are these are definitely um, you know at pitch level, um, uh, you know story level uh these these all sound these all sound really great yeah they all sound Uh, really
1: strong really strong concepts across the board or
0: yeah i'm thinking uh i'm thinking for me uh the one i'd be most excited about just generally the sort of the the way uh the way i write and the stuff that i'm into i i would say the plunge is
1: the one i'm i'm most excited for how about you I, I it goes back and forth between Plunge and Basketful of Heads. I also like his description of uh, Sea Dogs, which is a period horror story set during the Revolutionary War. So that's uh that's about that's also takes place at sea and it's about a 90 gun ship and uh nothing and it's sort of like this uh it's, so here's the here's the awesomeness about it. So this is how Hill describes it. The naval fleet is run by this 90 gun ship, and there's just nothing the Americans could throw at it to destroy it, Hill says. So they hit on this desperate plan, allow three American werewolves to be impressed on board and then eat the ship from the inside out. Oh wow. So that sounds awesome too. <laughs> like I have like I think the top three are the ones written by the ones written by Joe Hill are the ones that I'm the most excited about
0: yeah so uh just just to add to that I, I i just found it in the article um so each of these comics are going to come with a uh two-page backup uh that
1: yeah.
0: that's that's the sea dogs feature That's the sea
1: dogs feature yeah which i'm now i'm like i have to buy all of them because of that because <laughs> like that just sounds awesome so,
0: yeah, yeah um that or or trade weight uh some some time uh down the line to to get uh maybe maybe an issue of it all put together so right um i think we did a pretty good job of of talking about those i know um i know i after talking about the these i'm a little bit more excited uh for them than than i was at at the at the start
1: yeah i'm definitely i was pretty excited when i just sort of read all the synopsis of every one of them and uh yeah, I'm looking forward to see what comes out of this. I really hope it's something that lasts, but with how DC has been doing things, I can't see this sticking around or any of this talent really sticking around either. So.
0: Yeah. But, uh, the fact that it, it got an EW, um, story and it's got some, some names outside the, the comic industry, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that helps it. Uh, and, uh, we get, uh, we get uh, it would be nice to have one of those those vertigo uh, 60 issue runs of, of these and tell a complete long long form story
1: that would be great yeah it really would be awesome
0: all right so next uh, up for us to talk about is Batman curse of the white knight which is mm-hmm. the, the follow-up to uh, Batman the white Knight Uh uh, I believe this is coming out uh, next month in, in July. So the DC books, um, or at least uh, on Twitter uh, so far, these, these preview pages have been uh, released. So uh, we, we get four pages in the, in the preview. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming
1: these are the first four pages of the, the first issue, is that, is that what you're thinking? I think so, but at the same time, it kind of, like, it almost just leaves right off from where White Knight is, which is weird to do that on a book that's jumping not only, like, you know, to a different format, but a different label as well. Because White Knight was just DC, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's jumping to Black Label. And uh, it's it's sort of like, you know, this isn't, like, it's going to be its own contained graphic novel. This is going to be a direct continuation from White Knight. Um And they've made that clear so far, but at the same time, it's kind of weird because it throws you right into it from the end of white night at the beginning with the Joker, Mm -hmm. but then it treats it like you haven't read the first book with the dialogue between commissioner Gordon and Batman. And it's really heavy and it really distracts. It's probably my least favorite thing about this preview. is just that last page of previews. Okay. Batman is drawn so poorly. And then, uh, and then on top of that it's just covered in word balloons and uh and it's just explaining everything that happened in the last di- in the last series and it it shouldn't have been done that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh so uh that that's kind of interesting and I'm wondering if that is a byproduct of having somebody who is mainly an artist um handling the, the writing duties.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: because, because you certainly, you know, that's certainly violating that, uh, show don't tell, uh um, yeah. the rule of, of writing. Uh, and you would think somebody who is an artist wouldn't want to fill up their page with a, with a ton of word of word balloons, but, uh, that is what we have here.
1: Yeah. It's, um, One thing about the last series was, is that the first issue, the first several issues of Batman White Knight are just all dialogue. Like it feels like that. Like they're very heavy in exposition and conversations. And then like the last four issues are just all action and all Mm -hmm. character work and stuff. And they're really good. Mm -hmm. Um, We've discussed on our our Sean Murphy in depth a little more about that series, but I'm wondering if he's sort of going for a similar structure here. And it kind of makes sense with Sean Murphy because he's talked about one of his greatest influences, Mike Mignola. Mm-hmm. And that's how Mike Mignola wrote his comics, um, especially his early Hellboy comics. It's like very dialogue heavy in the first part, very heavy on exposition. And then after that, it's just, you know, all action. Um, so it could be something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. So we, we talked about, uh, we talked about this and this book is supposed to feature Asriel a lot. And we, yeah. we don't, we don't see Asriel here, um, in these, these first couple of, uh, pages. So, um, I called up the third and fourth pages. Um, uh, this is where you, you have your, your favorite, uh, Batman.
1: It's uh, the ugliest Batman I've seen since Frank Miller drew his last Batman. <laughs> um yeah yeah i love sean murphy she really sucks because this is a really am i wrong am i like this is bad right
0: uh it's not i'm i'm halfway with it it's 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 good and bad i mean there's um you know it's it's definitely it's definitely the murphy figure it's the you know the 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 and this fits with Batman. It's the big jaw. It's the, the pointy nose, um, you know, but I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with those, with those side stomach muscles because yeah, his
1: ribs are weird and he's sucking in his gut. Like it makes it look like he's like, like holding it in. Like I don't, I've never seen a human body like shaped like that.
0: You know? Yeah, I mean, even if you're, even if you're a lean, uh, muscular guy like that those little those little uh uh muscles on the side uh you know off the side just below the 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 side of the chest there's like yeah there's like there's only like three or four of those there's not sixteen of them but uh, right. uh i guess Batman is uh ultra lean here so um yeah
1: he's got a weird he's got a A pear shape to him, but he's like sucking in his gut. It's it's weird. Like and the, I think it might be the shading. Also, he's got such a dark, like his between. He's got a six pack, right? So basically, the middle abs are like straight black. That's what makes it look like he's like, like suck it in, suck it in, Batman. Um yeah he looks like a guy who needs to work on his pecs. Which basically <laughs> what it is like I'm like, all right man, I need to like do more pull ups or something like that. I don't know um yeah
0: yeah but this is this is definitely the the style we saw in the first one with with the gloves the the back yeah. the 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 cape that has the collar that that big thick wonky uh belt with that huge belt buckle yeah um, but uh no i uh i'm I'm excited for this book uh oh, I am
1: too
0: yeah it, i think we're both big uh big marks for 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 murphy art, so um yeah,
1: and this know. might be just the the product of having deadlines you know of having to write and draw everything on the d c deadline you know
0: yeah and i'm sure i'm sure you know if this is the first four pages in the the first uh issue or if not, there's definitely gonna be a ton of cars there's definitely oh, yeah. going to be a ton of fighting um and oh, so it's it 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 should be it should be pretty cool and some of those pictures of Azrael uh look look pretty great too so
1: yeah that was what got me like i was like oh yeah definitely i'm um, buying whatever whenever that first issue comes out i'm there uh these this the first three pages of this preview are great like they're Sean Murphy at his best the yeah, stuff with the Joker is phenomenal. It was the last page that left a bad taste in my mouth, but first three with the Joker escaping from Arkham are amazing. Like him talking with the guy, him cutting the guy's throat with a pen. It's it's classic Joker stuff and it's really well written, it's really well drawn.
0: Yeah. So, all right. So, before we move on um and I'm trying to remember the the first series Uh, i i hope that this one addresses the 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 wasn't there like a note that alfred left under like the floorboards for for batman that was um a little like either we didn't see what was written or it was a little uh mysterious what was written there so i'm hoping we get that or we get a little bit of uh a little bit of uh follow-up on that
1: yeah I think I remember something like that. How it ended. The last one was Batman told commissioner Gordon that he was Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, thus, thus cementing that, you know, there's no, and then in Sean Murphy's universe, commissioner Gordon's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> so I, like, I, I like to think in the main Batman continuity that commissioner Gordon knows it's Bruce Wayne, but he just doesn't care. You know, like he's like, yeah, and then in year one, they almost like confirm that, and everyone follows year one for some, you know, for some reason, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in in Sean Murphy's world, yeah, Commissioner Gordon's like, <gasps> what? At the end of White Night, <laughs> like, yeah, duh, it's Bruce Wayne. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, kind of similar to that. Uh, I I, I haven't watched. Many seasons past, maybe the first two or three of Arrow. But there's, uh, at one point in Arrow, uh, uh Detective Lance is on uh, a rooftop, and standing across from him, not very far away, is Ollie Queen and his two daughters. And Ollie's dated both of his daughters, and his daughters only have these little, uh, masks that that cover their eyes and he doesn't he has no idea that he's talking to his daughters and the guy that's dated both of his daughters for for years um because of these little tiny covers over over their eyes he he's he the the those are apparently enough to disguise him enough and they're they're not even doing like the the batman i'm trying to you know, disguise my voice. They're just, they're just having a conversation. And he's, he's, yeah, he's talking to his two daughters and uh, they're, they're at one point boyfriend and he, he has no clue who, who these people are. So.
1: Of course uh, not. That's how superheroes work.
0: So, Uh,
1: yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: All right. So (sighs) the last topic on our episode here is the Black Widow movie. And uh, some of the recent uh, leaked photos we have here. Um, so there is a lot of speculation that this is the Taskmaster who's been announced to to be uh, in this movie. Uh, so uh, some of these photos, let's just be let's just be polite and say
1: they suck
0: don't look super duper great. I've seen, no. I've seen him compared to the, the blue power ranger. Um, but uh, oh, I was
1: nicer than that. I said white power ranger. Oh,
0: okay. So, so um, let's, let's, let's talk about this and uh, maybe throw out some theories. Uh, so do you think this is the Taskmaster?
1: Um, I, uh, uh, I, I, He looks an awful lot like the Taskmaster. Um, He's got a skull shaped mask, so he's got a hood pulled down. So yeah, I think it's Taskmaster. These are also really badly taken photos, so we don't know what's close up. So, But yeah, I think it's Taskmaster.
0: Yeah, and so uh, I've seen some different uh, photos and some different people talking about this. Uh, this seems to be more of the taskmaster that's shown up in a couple of like video games. That's more of like a, uh, um, for lack of a better term, more of a, and this is difficult to say real world taskmaster, you know, this this is, this, this is a guy in a mask. This is not a guy with a skeleton face and and a hood and a sword. Um, so it might be just that we're, we're we're going with that, where a lot of the Marvel characters that you see in the movies are like the Marvel characters from the Ultimate Universe. They're not the ones really from the Six One Six Universe that that have like forty years of, of continuity behind them. So that might exactly. be that might be some of the the, the thinking here. Uh, yeah,
1: Ultimate is so important to the movies it has been since the first spider-man movie came out in 2002 and you gotta because like so much of what the ultimate was about was sort of bringing it back down to earth i guess right you know setting it in a real world scenario yeah um so and ever since then they've tried to adopt that and i think with batman begins it's it's become even more of a thing since Christopher Nolan sort of adopted that grounded, real-world approach to everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And Marvel's kind of shied away from that, but never really, you know, where, like, even in Avengers Endgame, they have to try to, like, seem like they actually, you know, did some kind of research into what time travel was going to be like and stuff like that, right? Um, yeah, so.
0: But we had we had the red skull in captain america um first yeah, avenger
1: do a, a practical version of that yeah
0: and we did you know he shows up in um, both avengers movies uh so not quite uh skeleton face but pretty close uh
1: yeah
0: so uh, i have a i have a i have a theory here that th- this okay. is that I would like to see. I don't know if this is what's going to happen. And we know that Kevin Voggy is a, is a huge fan of our podcast. So he, Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. He's, he's listening. He may be, he may be listening. Thing.
0: So yeah. I'll get, I'll give him, I'll give him this one for free. Right. This is the taskmaster, but this is early on. Okay. And in this battle, he's going to sustain some sort of, you know, massive facial wound and damage. And that later when we see him, he will resemble the, the sort of George Perez uh, Avengers uh, villain that we know with the skeleton face. That's, that's what I would like to see. Oh yeah, you're right. I
1: have, I have faith in Feige to do that. Um, or he can have that, like you said, he can have that one for free If if that's not the case. So uh, yeah
0: so um the guy from stranger things is in this this movie right Uh, yeah
1: david k harbour yeah he's uh he's cast and um if you watch uh uh comic book shopping with uh coy andrew uh, i think is his name he had david harbour on that show and uh that's i can't remember who who does i think collider does those videos Mm -hmm. um they uh koi was trying to get it out of him whether he was taskmaster or not on that video it was pretty hilarious so, um, yeah
0: so this and this is you know this would certainly be taken care of with uh, some editing but this the guy that we're seeing here in this armored carrier doesn't really have the 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 same body type and i know that no. i know that david harbour um you know got pretty cut up and pretty lean to, to, to be Hellboy. So another theory, David Harbour is Ben Grimm. Is this, is this Mm. where, is this where we get a little bit of Fantastic Four?
1: Oh, I didn't think of that. A little
0: bit of Fantastic Four, you know, drop in. I hope so. Cause that, that would be pretty cool. Um, Yeah. You know, just, just uh, okay. So uh, I'm giving Foggy two, two, yeah, uh, yeah. two, two key elements. There you go, movie, Kev. You know? Yeah. So. All right. So I think we've we've discussed this Taskmaster, but let's uh let's let's talk about uh, the Black Widow movie uh just sort of in general and okay. our, sort of our hopes and, and and thoughts for it. Uh so it seems like most people think that this is a prequel. Right, um, and a lot of that would, pr- a lot of that would probably be due to the fact of what happened to the Black Widow in Endgame. Um, so, do you think this is a prequel?
1: No, I don't, uh, and I, I really don't. I think this is uh, they've already because they don't like to repeat themselves too much. You know, they're smart there at at at, at Marvel. So, having a two female led actually. Having the only three female ed superhero films that come out in the last five years all be prequels to their you know respective universes, I think that's something that Marvel would not want to do, especially with where they're pushing the franchise, you know. Um, having Captain Marvel be a, a prequel, you know, and then you know, you know, pivoting to DC, having Wonder Woman be a prequel, you know mm-hmm. also, I do not think Black Widow is going to be a prequel. I either think it's going to be a, uh, I think Scarlett Johansson is going to be either a side character in flashbacks with the new Black Widow, or this is an alternate universe, which they're trying to play with now. Um, And this is an alternate universe, maybe where uh, Natasha didn't join the Avengers or something like that, you know? This is her where she's still working with... uh, she wasn't with hydro x kgb right you know this is a re this is an origin story or where clint didn't pull her out you know or something like that this is a alternate world story or this is a a legacy story about like another woman who was in the red room with her
0: yeah so i think it's a prequel um, and uh, I'm thinking a couple of things You know how Hawkeye and her Always say like We, we always had Budapest Or remember Budapest Yeah. So maybe, that, maybe they'll touch on this here Maybe uh, uh, I, Which
1: they could do and, not, and have it not be a prequel
0: True so. And I th- think that we will probably See the Winter Soldier um, Somewhere in here If it's a prequel
1: that's a good, uh, that's a good
0: thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, this is, this is, uh, I think this is sort of a Marvel movie that they, they kind of snuck on us cause it wasn't listed on any of those, uh, uh, you know, those, those banners, you know, the phase four or, or whatever, um, banners. So, um,
1: which they're doing more and more of their, they're getting us. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um Spider Man comes out uh pretty soon. Uh, maybe maybe the end credits and Spider Man would either give us a fantastic four tease or they would give us a little bit of a uh a tease about about this. Um, so if this is an alter- also
1: the the end game re release with the post credit scene. Very true. Too. So, um, yeah, I
0: know. I know that we talked about this a little bit in our our end game uh, recap, um, but uh, I'm just thinking how you said maybe this is an alternate universe uh, uh, story. Maybe maybe Steve couldn't save her. But he could, he could, he could spin off her timeline, and th- and, right. this is, and this is what we're seeing. So maybe that would explain a, an alternate, uh, an alternate universe, like because he couldn't bring her back to the main timeline that we see in Endgame.
1: But he could be like, uh, yeah, he I could can... go there, and he could be like, hey, don't go to Vormir, that kind yeah. of thing, ever. You know. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it could be something like that.
0: Okay. Um, do you have any? Uh, do you have any uh, more thoughts on on this before we before we wrap it up?
1: Um, no, not too much. I'm really excited to see what uh, what they do with it. Um, Heidi Moneymaker. I listened to an interview with her recently, and uh, she's the she's been Scarlett Johansson's stunt double. Okay. Um, since Iron Man two, and she's also big in with the uh, 8711 crew. And those are the guys who worked on John Wick and Atomic Blonde and whatnot. Oh, wow. She's really excited about this movie. Um, And just at least where where they're pushing it. She can't say anything, of course, but she is excited where they're pushing it. And uh, hopefully this is, you know, this will be the first sort of like uh, grounded, like, you know, non-superpowered character, or at least, you know, non-superpowered with a super suit character, you know? So this will, I'm hoping this will have some cool uh inventive action sequences and stuff like that. At least that's what it sounds like. They're trying to do some more uh action driven plot lines and stuff. Uh which I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, and if this is alternate universe, then you could have Cap show up and Good. be in the battle. And that would explain why in Winter Soldier He's so like if if bucky is involved in this and this is an alternate universe it wouldn't mess up the fact that he was he's surprised and it would have soldier that 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 bucky's back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would uh yeah, I'd like to see something like that. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. Okay. Um so uh before I don't know if you mentioned it uh do you think you will, will see Fantastic Four, or any uh, any X-Men hints in, in, in any of, of this movie?
1: No, I don't think so. I'm just sort of right now not getting my hopes up. I've gotten it up twice already this year and been let down both <laughs> times. So no, no, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm just going to expect, you know, it'll happen when it happens, I guess. I'm just going to be patient. But secretly deep down inside, I'll be praying, like, come on give me Fantastic Four uh, yeah All right. what about you what are you hoping for you think you'll see anything in these
0: uh, I don't think X-Men because I, I think that's going to take a little bit longer to to sort of write and establish but uh, uh, I, I somehow feel like there's going to be a uh, Easter egg for Fantastic Four here somehow
1: yeah I hope so yeah so.
0: All right, so uh, I think uh, I think we're going to wrap it up, and I'd like to to thank everybody for 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 joining us. If you could go onto iTunes and give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate it. Also, if you want to check out our YouTube channel, it's uh, under the same name of Constructing Comics. Uh, I'm going to put video up um, from this podcast as it was very uh, visual heavy with. Uh, The photos from the Black Widow movie and the the four-page preview of White Knight. Um, And if you'd like to see some more of those images, you can follow us on uh, social media. Uh, We have a Twitter, which is at ConstructComPod. Um, We have an Instagram page that is at ConstructingComicsPod. And we have a Facebook page, which is Facebook forward slash ConstructingComics. And we will share Um, all the images that we we discussed here. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us and we will be back with another episode very soon.